0: house today and the glory of the Lord has been in this house today this is what this is what we call the fire of the Holy Ghost this is what we call the glory of God this is what we call the presence of God we can we can use whatever terms and words we want to it was it was the cloud and the fire that was with Israel it was the presence of God in this house this morning What you experienced and what you saw is not just people getting all emotional. It's the fact that there's some people that's been going through hell this week, but they walked in the house of the Lord this morning and the power and presence of God began to lift the burden. They started feeling a little lighter. The shoulders started rising up. Their spirit began to elevate. It's the glory, it's the power, it's the it's the fire and it's the cloud. And God is saying, I'm, I'm doing something in your life. And if you'll understand, this is how you fight your battle. Go ahead now. I've given you the freedom to worship. I've given you the freedom to express yourself. And so somebody says, I'm going to clap my hands. When they came in feeling heavy in the hands, somebody else said, I'm going to dance a little bit today because the Lord has lifted me. Because it's the glory, it's the fire, and it is the cloud that's met with us on this Sunday morning. So by the help of the Lord today, I don't know if this is going to be teaching, preaching or whatever, but I know at the conclusion, God is going to show up in this house and there's going to be miracles, signs and wonders. There's going to be people that's going to be healed. There's going to be people that are going to be filled. There are going to be people that are going to make decisions today because God is in the house and he has anointed us for such a time as this. With the help of the Lord today, I'm going to preach on the cloud, the fire, and the glory. The cloud, the fire, and the glory. I want you to turn to two or three people next to you and tell them we need the glory. You can be seated. God bless. history of Israel is replete with stories of victory, stories of overcoming overwhelming odds, mighty miracles, supernatural happenings that God did for them. You don't have to read your Bible very far to see what God can do. If you read very far into the Bible you're going to find stories such as Red Sea partings, city walls like Jericho crumbling, giants like Goliath falling, things like the sun standing still and thousands of Philistines being slain by one man with nothing more than a donkey's jawbone. Because God was so very powerful and the God of the Bible proves himself in such incredibly powerful ways all through scriptures. He proves himself to be a mighty God and more powerful than any obstacle that mankind can possibly face. He was an unlimited God, meaning that he did not have to have numbers of men. There's stories where God took and told them, dwindle the army down to No more than just over 300 men. And now go out and fight and I'll ensure your victory. Because if God is for us, who can be against us? Sometimes we just need a little preaching to remind us about how good God actually is to us. Yet not all the stories in the Bible were so positive and not all were so upbeat. The sad thing is... Even for God's people, there were times when things didn't always turn out so well. There were times when things didn't turn out like they would have liked for them too. It's much like today. There's When you read the story of, of the people of God, if you read the story of the children of Israel, and then you read our life stories today, you're going to see a perfect comparison and a parallel between those that, lived in that day, and those that serve God today. There were, even for God's chosen people, watch, there were some times that they were very, very low. There were some bad times. There were some times of discouragement, times of failure, and times that they even didn't trust God. I'm going to tell you today that every child of God regardless whether you just started your journey or whether you've been serving God for a very long time, every child of God is going to have low times. Every church, regardless how powerful it is, regardless how remarkable it is, every church is going to have low times. Every individual can just go ahead and get ready. You're going to go through a valley or two in your life. Every ministry will eventually, sooner or later, are going to go through some hard times, some difficult times, some trying times, some times of question, some times when you even look and wonder if you're where God even wants you to be. And so it was when the ark of God was taken It was such a low time for Israel, the Ark of the Covenant, which is the place where God would dwell. It represented the glory of God. Pay attention now and follow with me. The Ark of the Covenant had been taken away from Israel. See, the Ark was with them. It was carried with them. Everywhere they went the ark was there and when they looked upon the ark they were reminded of the glory of God. When they sacrificed they sacrificed and the sacrifice was put on the mercy seat above on top of the ark of the covenant and God himself would come down fire would come from heaven and consume the sacrifice that was on the mercy seat and at that point it was a clear symbol that God was still dealing with man, still meeting with man, and that their sins had been rolled ahead. It was the glory of God. And when that would happen, smoke would fill the the temple. Now, when the ark of God was taken, the people were literally dying from grief because it is what represented the glory of God see people who are who, who understand the power and presence of God like we do understands that I wouldn't want to try to have church in this day and this time without the glory of God. Mm-hmm. if we if we ever lose what we have already experienced here this morning because understand this I'm only preaching this, Because those... There were those in this room this morning that had no idea what was transpiring a few moments ago. And so that's why I need to pray in church to stay with me today because we're going to get back to where we were in, in, in the spirit. And when we get to back to where we were in the spirit, everybody in this room is going to understand what was transpiring. And when they engage in what God was doing just a few moments ago because people could have been healed about 10 minutes ago when I set everybody down, miracles could have happened right then. People could have gotten the Holy Ghost right then. Understand this. My preaching today is not for God. My preaching is for you. Our worship is for God and so when I'm done preaching for you this morning then we're going to turn around and begin to worship God and when we do that get ready because God's going to show back up in this room and there's going to be people's lives who's going to forever be changed, going to forever be touched miracles are going to happen, people are going to get healed, people are going to get saved it's going to happen in this house this morning because we have the glory of God and if we ever as a church get to a point where we're too sophisticated to get out in the aisle and then a little bit, to clap our hands a little bit, then we have moved completely away from the glory. And I don't want anything to do with a church without the glory. So when the ark was taken away the people of, children of Israel they knew what this meant. They That meant the glory of God was gone. Because see it was different then because back then he he dwelled in temples made with hands, but now he dwells in us. It's a whole different testament. And so understand that when the Ark of the Covenant was taken away, it was the only thing that represented the presence and glory and power of God. And people literally were dying from grief when they heard the news that the Ark had been taken away. In 1 Samuel chapter 4, the Bible tells us that the wife of Phineas was with child. And when she heard the news about the ark being taken and that her father-in-law and her husband had died when they heard the news because they just fell backwards right out of the pew. I mean, they're sitting, they're just sitting, just sitting on the pew. They get the news. The glory of God's been taken. The ark's been taken. They just fall, they just fall backwards and die. Because there are those that would rather die than have to live life without the glory And so she gets news. The glory of God's been taken. My father-in-law's died. My husband's died. The Bible said that the pains came upon her because she was with child. Undoubtedly, the grief, the stress, all the emotional turmoil that brought, what was brought about from the ark being gone caused labor pains to set in upon her. And she began in labor. The scripture said that the women that stood by her Comforted her. So it was the midwives that stood by her. They were comforting her and they were telling her, yeah, you, you, you're okay, you're okay. You and, and they told her, the Bible said they, they looked at her and told her, You have brought forth a man-child. But the Bible said that when they talked to her and told her, Hey, your your grief is over, your your labor pains are over. You you just brought forth a man-child. And and in those days, understand that it was a big deal. The man-child was what was desired and wanted. It should have brought joy and happiness and peace and, and, and smiles because the labor was over and the man-child had been born. And the midwives looked at her and said, the, the, the child is born, it is a man-child. Now what will you name the man-child? The Bible said that she did not even regard them. She just, as if they weren't even She was unmoved because of the emotional turmoil and all that she was going through. The Bible said she did not regard them, neither did she respond to them. But the story goes on to say that she finally reached a point where she named the child. And when she named the child, she named the child Ichabod. Strange name, right? Ichabod. And the meaning of the word Ichabod is this, the glory of The Lord has departed. What a sad name! She names a son Ichabod, meaning the glory of God had departed. Why would she possibly name a child? Ichabod, he's got to go all through life carrying this name. Because to her, without the glory of God, it seemed like there was no hope, no help, and certainly there was no glory. So why try to rejoice and make believe and act like it is something that it's not? I talked to somebody this week. And they were talking about church. And they said... Uh, I don't too much do the church thing I, I fall asleep when I go to church I I, I don't really get it it's kind of boring you know, I just kind of go through the motions And I don't know when I get in a room that quiet you know what I said to them you become dire church because you ain't going to go to sleep And if you get bored, it'll just be because I'm up talking and my voice becomes monotone to you. But if you'll pay attention and and, and hang with me just a little bit, the glory of God's going to show up. And I promise you, I promise you, it's going to be church like you never experienced. Stories would be told about how bad it was back then. Ichabod would never outlive the memory of his name. People would see him and they would be reminded of the time when Israel, when the glory of God had been taken. They'd come along, hey, Ichabod, what's going on? The very name, it would be like us walking up to somebody and looking at them and say, hey, the glory has departed, how are you? As strange as it was, that was the word, the meaning of the word. And so she named him Ichabod. He goes through life. Everywhere he goes, people are like, glory of God's departed. Think now not just about the mama. Think about the the young man by the name of Ichabod that has to go through hearing. Everywhere he goes, he's reminded every day, several times a day, the glory of God's departed. Glory is what separated the Israelites from all of the other people around him. You want to know what made them stand out from all of the other people? Do you know what separated them from the Amorites and the Hittites and all of the other abites in the scripture? They all had armies, they all had weapons, they all had chariots. They all sang. They all had all sorts of things. The one thing that separated them was that they had, the Israelites had the glory of God with them. Oh, I'm about to teach you something right now. They all had religion, but Israel had the glory. My Lord have mercy. I'm about to have a fit up in here. The Moabites and the Jebusites and the Ammonites, they all had temples. The Edomites had deities and idols, and they all had altars. But it was only Israel that had the glory. The rest were missing the glory, but Israel had the glory. Come on, I'm preaching to a church this morning. Let them do what they want to do, but I'm going to tell you about this church. We pray that the glory will come down. This music team, before they walked on this platform, they were in prayer that the glory would come down. This pastor in this pulpit preaching, I studied yesterday. I prayed last night. I got passionate about it last because I want the glory of God to show up in this house glory's not here then let's go eat tacos we need his glory you know what sets this church apart it's not our beautiful building they all have nice buildings it's not our programs. They all have programs. We try to do our best with everything we have. And I know some of you think that, well, what sets this church apart? It's your separation from the world. It's the way you dress and the way you look and the way you speak. talked to somebody the other day that I met about 30 years ago with my father-in-law. He said, when you guys pulled up on the job sites where I first met him, he said when we pulled up on the job site. He said, I looked out on that job site and I said, that is no normal construction crew right there. And they didn't even know Dan. So, There's no, he said, when you pulled up, He said, I noticed something. See, some, some people think that what separates us, the only thing that separates us is how we look, how we talk, what we do, what we don't do, the list of rules. I refer to it as separation from the world, distinction from the world. But see, that's not really what separates us. Because our distinction from the world, in the ways that we are different, those things is what protects the glory. It's not the glory. that's not. It's what protects the glory. See, the reason I don't talk like other people talk and cuss like other people cuss is because I want the glory. And so I've come out from among them and I'm separate. The reason I don't go places other people go doesn't make me better than them. I'm trying to protect the glory because when I walk to this pulpit on Sunday morning, I don't want to be up here worried about the glory. I want the glory of God to already be here before I ever get here because I'm walking the walk and talking the talk and not just talking the talk, but I'm living the life that comes along with it because I want to protect the glory and ensure that there's glory in our altars and glory on the platform and glory in the singing and glory in the preaching. and glory, and a manifestation of God's presence. Because I never know when somebody's going to walk in here for the first time. If you weren't here a few weeks ago, I told Hector's story. He was here this morning, finishing his Bible study. We gave him that award this morning. But let me tell you, the first time he walked in here, he just came one time to give us a chance. And now we're stuck with him. What would have happened that morning if the glory wouldn't have been here? What would have happened if somebody wouldn't have prayed? What would have happened if somebody wouldn't have been ready to pray and seek God? You never know when that one time's going to be that somebody walks in the door and says this is my one and only shot. This is my one and I must have the glory. We must have the glory. The glory is what we need. Don't ever criticize somebody because the fire gets in them and they're singing and somebody begins to dance a little. Hey, that's the fire of the Holy Ghost. Don't ever get confused when people have their hands lifted and tears streaming down their faces. What's all of that about? It's the cloud of the glory that's moving in the room touching somebody's heart what's it all about we need his glory because his glory is what changes lives nothing else is going to do it good music won't do it, programs won't get the job done religion's not enough Bigger, better building is not the answer. We must have the glory. Go all through history. Study religion. Study the Bible. Dagon had an image and a temple, but no glory. Baal had devotees that cut themselves with lancets and jumped upon altars, but there was no glory. Bolak had outstretched hands to receive little children that they would sacrifice to him in the false flames of a false altar, but there was no glory. The golden calf had people who would dance and sacrifice, but it lacked the glory. The Grecian mythical gods, none could do anything for Mankind. Athena was the goddess of wisdom, but no glory. Aphrodite had beauty, but no glory. Apollo offered music and healing, but no glory. Ares offered war and victory, but no glory. Listen to me this morning. There's Many, many choices of where I walk in the doors and go to church on Sunday. I don't have to go here. I could go anywhere I want. But you know why I'm here? I'm here this morning because I was new without a shadow of a doubt. If I can just get in the house of the Lord, the glory of God's going to be here. You know why my wife didn't go to the doctor last night and chose to be in the house of the Lord? Because she would rather be in the presence of the great physician than the presence of a practicing physician. I want more than just church. I want more than just music. I want more than just a nice building. I want more than just a platform and a crowd. I want hungry people that's seeking God and wants the glory of God. Is there anybody in this room that's hungry for the glory of God? The word glory literally means Physical, give me just a few more minutes. The word glory literally means physical manifestation of God. It means something visible that I see that is representing what God is doing. I want more than form and fashion. I want an indisputable move of God. You know what charges me when people come up to me and said, man, when I see what God is doing in my life, There is no doubt that this is real. Several places in the Bible, it records the glory of God where it appeared unto men. To Abraham in Mesopotamia. To Moses in Mount Sinai. When Stephen was being stoned. When the 12 spies went out. The glory of God appeared. Imagine what it meant to be an Israelite and for them to say... The glory is departed. God's glory is the theme that runs all through the book of Ezekiel. If you read the book of Ezekiel, you're going to read about God's glory over and over again. Glory is an aspect of God's character. His name alone is glorious. The Spirit of God seems to be featured more predominantly in the book of Ezekiel than any other of the prophetic books. One of the first visions that Ezekiel had portrays the spirit of God leaving Solomon's temple as the Babylonians were besieging the city of Jerusalem and the, the glory was leaving the sanctuary as the ark was being taken away. What a sad place to be in. The departure of the of God's glory signaled the end to the strong, real, and true, and powerful relationship between God and His chosen people. This was happening because His people had despised His laws, had turned aside from worshiping Him, had filled the land with violence, and persecuted His prophets. God never withdraws unless He is rejected or driven away. You want to know a quick way to cause the glory of God to no longer be present? This is how, when the glory of God begins to move and operate and move into a room for us just to sit there and say, "Mm, I'm getting uncomfortable being here. When you feel the urge to clap your hands and you say, "Mm, no. Nope, not going to do it today. I'm Lunch is coming. i got things to do. Nope, I, I'm not going to lift my hands. No, I'm not going to engage. No, I'm not going to step out. But the moment that one gets in the glory of God, you know what we ought to do? We ought to try to get close to where they are that the glory may get on us, and it gets on some. You want to ensure that you never live in the glory. Here's the deal. There can be a whole room full of people in the glory and one or two that never gets in the glory because they are rejecting. You want to ensure God's glory? It's those who are rejecting. What God is doing, you gotta get under the flow, you gotta get in the place where God's glory is me, is moving. He never withdraws his glory from you unless he is rejected or driven away, which is exactly what happened in this scripture. People were stubborn, obstinate, and rebellious. Like Isaiah, Ezekiel was called to prophesy to these people that another glorious kingdom was coming that would never again be destroyed. And the climax of, of Ezekiel's prophetic vision occurs when the glory of God returns from over the east, over the Mount of Olives, and once again enters into the tabernacle. When the glory of God takes its position in the temple, it fills it with his majesty and his power, and it proves one thing, God's presence is once again returning. Oh, I know about it. I know. I've been through a, a series. I've been through some seasons in this church when we came, and I was like, mm, I don't like what I'm feeling. People are like, oh, you know, we're just kind of, it's summertime. Oh, well, you know, it's just just this just just the way it is it's just no what it is is we're not praying we're not fasting we're not seeking god we're not worshipping we're not engaged because it doesn't matter whether it's winter spring summer fall it doesn't matter what's going on in our life if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face then will i hear from heaven and will i heal their land i come this morning to preach to somebody and tell you when when the when trouble gets started in your life start praying Start worshiping, start engaging, start being faithful, start. Mm. I got to hurry. Haggai tells us of a day that not only will God himself dwell in the temple, but here's what he says. The glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former. The former house, the earlier house, it was adorned with gold. Oh, if you read in, in the scripture about how the, the temple was built, it was, man, it was overlaid with gold and bronze and artwork and beauty and windows were placed certain places so that the light shined in in a certain way and all of the fixtures were set where they would have the array. I mean, it was just, it was gorgeous. You, you would walk in and wow. Look at that. People come here and they're like, well, this place is kind of plain. That's okay. But the glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former. You know why? Because God didn't say, I'm going to arrange my in my end time church to be able to for people to walk in and go, woo. Look at boy, look at the sophistication of that place. Look at, look at the education of that place. People don't care how educated you are. People don't care how much beauty you have in your building. When people walk in hurting, they're looking for the glory of God to come and heal their wounds. When people walk in with addiction, they're not worried about how fancy we are. They're worried about the glory of God coming and lifting them out of the place that they are. When people are hurting and wounded, they come in and are looking for the healing balm of Gilead. They don't care how the glory of the latter house is going to be greater because the latter house is going to be adorned with his glory, with his glory, with his glory. And what's going to make it even greater is that there's going to be more in the end time revival that's going to come looking for his glory in the latter house. Itself said greater things than these shall you do. Anybody believe that? <laughs> In my growing up years, Dylan, just come up here and get ready. I'm not done, but make them think I am. My growing up years, I remember going to services. Where the glory of God was so powerful, everybody there knew the glory of God was in the house. I've been in services. I've been in services where the glory of God gets so thick people couldn't hardly handle it. I've, I've, seen, I've, seen, I've seen things happen. You, some of you would think that I, maybe I'll just go ahead and share some of those things this morning. Because some of you need to just know how weird my upbringing was. God bring us back to that weird. I remember a service when I was just a child. That a man came. He was a known man in the street. He had a specific place. I could go there to, to where he was. I've driven through that corner before and even shared with my family right here. Right here in Milam, Texas. He, The man sat on the street corner. And he, he was deaf and could not speak. I remember him being there. I remember he would sit with a sign on a corner out in the middle of nowhere. Very few cars come through. He was a local in a small town. And, and people would come by and they would stop. I remember my family stopping and putting money in and giving him money and helping him. And we had an evangelist came in and in that that revival service miracles and and signs and wonders were happening and somebody brought that man to church on on, on on a revival night he walked in he could not speak, he could not hear as long as I had ever known him I suppose it was since he was a child I remember the evangelist coming to where he was and laying his hand on him and began to pray over him I remember the expression change into the man as his eyes became big and he began to put up his hands and act very strange and all of a sudden the man began to speak words that he had never spoken before and as the evangelist stepped behind him and began to speak words the man began to repeat words I saw with my own eyes someone who could not speak and could not hear be healed by the power of the Holy Ghost you don't have to question if the glory of God is in the house when miracles like that are happening remember a young lady coming in she had two kids with her her husband had left her she got there they said she's suicidal the church needs to pray the preacher preached she came to the front of the room they began to lay hands on her Oh, we don't like to talk about this because we're afraid we're going to stir up devils. But they began to pray for her and she began to speak with a voice that was not a sweet little female's voice. And there were demons and devils in her. They began to lay hands on her. I was just a child. I remember the response. But I saw her as God delivered her from multiple devils that were possessing her. She went on to play the keyboard and sing on the platform. It doesn't matter where you came from. All that matters is where God God's wanting to take you to Some of you in this room this morning, God's got his eye on you. God's got his hand on you. He's waiting to deliver you. He's got a plan for you. I've been in services where the preacher walked through, laid hands on people, and they were just falling like... I'm not talking about courtesy falls. I'm talking about going out in the Holy Ghost laying the hands of people just falling on the floor, speaking with other tongues, speaking with other tongues, speaking with other tongues. I remember in the Delphi Avenue building, I remember Brother Terry Harshbarger's late father being standing in the front. They had been coming for a long time. We had taught Bible studies. We had worked with them. I remember that specific night as he stood in the front and the evangelist came by and took and just laid his hand on his head. And when he did, that man got stiff as a board and he fell. And when he hit the ground. He who was denying the Holy Ghost was real. The moment he hit the ground, he began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. God began to deliver him. God began to bring him out. I'm talking about the glory of God. I'm talking about the fire of God. I'm talking about the presence of his cloud being in the house. the Holy Ghost. Speaking with other tongues. Midnight came. People were still praying. Does Pastor know it's one minute past 12? He was supposed to have been done three minutes before. That's how we do church now. We're more worried about dinner than we are the glory. I remember that church service one night, there were several people that were slain out in the Holy Ghost. They picked them up, started taking them out. I remember one specific young lady that they took out the door. When they took out the door, she didn't even know where she was. She was speaking in other tongues as they took her out the door. They put her in the car. They drove her around because her unsaved father was home and they were afraid to take her home. They drove around till about 1 o'clock in the morning. They finally got to the house, had to take her out and take her into the house. They carried her into the house, put her in the bed. She spent the entire night. They walked in her room the next morning and when they walked in the room the next morning she's still speaking It. I lost about half the train right there because some of you want to pray 10 minutes and have miracle signs and wonders but whatever it takes I want to get in the glory and I don't want to leave until the glory leaves I want to stay as long as the fire stays I've been in services where people came and said, whoa, 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 whoa. would you look up here? Would you look over there? Do you see that haze? And they said, I I can see a blue haze. There's a That's the glory of God. It's the glory of God. I've been preaching and had people come up and tell me, pastor, while you were preaching, I saw angels standing behind you on the platform. I didn't know they were there. I didn't see them there, but they saw them because they were tuned into the glory and they saw something that others were not seeing. I'm talking about the glory of God showing up to where Miracles are just expected to happen. Where signs and wonders are just expected to happen. Where deliverance is just expected to
1: happen.
0: Oh, Pastor, you're getting off into some weird things this morning. No, but I long to get back to the glory. know what his glory is connected to his glory is connected to our prayer his glory is connected to our worship his glory is connected to the attitude in which we are of seeking him. I come today to ask you, or you did you come in the house to say, God bless my finances? God, I'm not against finances being blessed. God bless my car, bless my house. Give me nicer. Or did you come in here today to say, God, do something in me? Do something in my heart. To change my life. I need the glory to get a hold of me. I need the glory in this house. Is there anybody in this room that walked in and you came in under the load, but this morning you're going to walk out with God giving you victory, with God giving you deliverance, with God lifting you up from where you were. It doesn't matter. I'm not stopping you from coming forward, but if this is your first time here and you want to receive what I'm preaching about today, I dare you to walk up here, lift your hands and just begin to talk to God because his glory is in this house this morning and his glory is here because he wants to heal you. He wants to deliver you. He wants to set you free. He wants to bring victory in your life this morning. Come on, let's seek the Lord for a few minutes. seek the Lord this morning. Come on, the glory of God's about to fill this room today. Come on, let our worship out all over this house today. God's about to do it in this room. Somebody came in with sickness in your body, but God's about to heal you before you leave here today. Come on, God's about to heal that heart condition. God's about to deliver somebody from diabetes. God's about to break the yoke of bondage that is on somebody's life. God's about to deliver somebody from addiction. God's going to fill somebody with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Go ahead. It's up to you. you got to get in the glory. you got to get in the flow. you got to get in the place where He is. His power is here. He's here to deliver you. He's here to set you free. He's here to work a miracle in your life. He's here today, and He's here to show you what His power and what His glory can do for you today. Come on, lift your voice. Lift your voice. Lift your voice. Lift your Voice.
1: Yeah.
0: I grew up hearing hell preach so hot you could feel the flames. I grew up hearing heaven preach so real and so near that I could see streets of gold. I. I don't want to ever get away from it. I don't ever want to get away from it. I want his glory. I want his power. I want his presence. Come on, if you need something from God this morning, I want you to lift both of your hands right where you are and just begin to seek him. Altar workers, help me this morning. Ministers, help me this morning. Let God use you today. The presence of God is in this room.
1: Let
0: He's wanting to give you freedom. He's wanting you to be able to worship God the way that you want to worship God. He wants to give you victory and freedom in
1: your life, freedom in your worship.
0: Attention right here for a moment. Brother Rosenauer had a heart procedure on Friday. He's here this morning. He's got pain in his body. He's got some effects. The devil would like to take everything that I preached this morning and he would like to turn it around and say that the glory of God is not real. We're going to lay hands on him and anoint him with oil right now. And I believe God is going to perform a miracle in his life. I want you to extend a hand forward if you're not praying. Right now, in the name of Jesus, God, we come right now by the power and authority of the Word of God and by the power that is in the name of Jesus. Lord, I speak healing. Every pain in this body, heart begin to function properly in the name of Jesus. All fear must go. All doubt must go. All unbelief must go. Let him walk in victory and faith and healing power right now. Numbness, go out of these hands right now heart rhythm begin to function properly right now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. baptism of the Holy Ghost, or if you need a refreshing of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, if it's been a long time since you have spoken with other tongues, I want you to press your way through the crowd and come right here to the front this morning. We're going to lay hands on you, and the Holy Ghost is going to come over you once again. He's going to refresh and restore. The Bible said times of refreshing are going to come. This is your moment. Don't miss your moment right now. Go ahead and come this way. We're going to pray over you. To pray over you if you want the Holy Ghost, if you need to rebaptize to be rebaptized with the Holy Ghost, come on forward. We're gonna pray with you this morning in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, don't be ashamed of what God's do- doing in this house. Don't be ashamed of what God's doing. Come on, that's it. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. and restoration of the Holy Ghost. I need some prayer warriors here. I need some prayer warriors here in the front this morning. In the name of Jesus, come on, fresh fire, fresh fire, fresh fire fall, fresh fire fall, fresh anointing come now.